The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Uh, isn't it fun cheering for a team that's that's supposed to win, and then they go out there and they do it? Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championships defeats Czechia by a score of six to three. Uh, hello and welcome to the second episode. Uh, for this year's World Junior Hockey Championship edition of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast, presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize, I am Matt Drake, and that was a pretty good game for Canada. I mean, it wasn't without uh, a little bit of a scare. Obviously, in the first period, uh, they they did take a scare there, but they got it done. They ratcheted down on defense from there on out, and uh, and really allowed themselves to kind of just let their power play speak for itself. Which their power play is unbelievable. We'll we'll get to that. Um, the the first period was a bit of a scare. Canada, uh, unsurprisingly, opens the scoring about five minutes in. Mason McTavish, who was easily Canada's best player in their, t- their tune-up game against Russia, uh, he skates basically an entire circle around the offensive zone with the puck, dangles a little bit uh, as he gets around to the right side of the ice, and then shoots far side, scores, makes it one nothing for Canada. But the Czechs, they stick around, man. They stick around, and Canada starts having some defensive lapses. The first one, uh, they get a two-on-one, right? Canada trying a little bit too much in the offensive zone. Checks break out with a two-on-one. It's uh, Jakob Brabenik and Michael Gut. And Gut gets uh, the shot at the end. It rattles it off the camera and out of the net. The refs didn't even call it a goal right away. I don't think he saw it go across the line. They took a, a, like the horn went off, right, in the middle of the play, which signals basically that the review team saw it and they saw it go over the line. But for some reason, it took them a while to review that. But they eventually did call it correctly, which was a goal. And it was 1-1. And then the Czechs just kept on rolling. Canada started ramping up the pressure a little bit. But then Xavier Bourgault takes a tripping penalty. All of a sudden, Czechs have another opportunity. And they make the best of it again. Um, At first, Canada was doing a pretty good job killing it off. But then they get an offensive zone draw. uh, Leads straight to a one-timer from Pavel Novak from the point. He beats Dylan Guerin and puts the Czechs up 2-1. And somehow, things just keep getting worse for Canada. Uh, not too long after the power play goal, Stanislav Svozl. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. But he came flying in on the right side. He's a defenseman, by the way. He comes flying in on the right side. Absolutely undresses Olin Zellweger. I mean, undresses him. A uh, bit of a like little mini windmill move uh, through the legs, I think it went. Uh, and then he goes roof daddy on Dylan Guerin. And just like that, it is three to one for the Czechs. Now Canada takes a timeout uh, right after that goal, which was a very, very smart decision by Dave Cameron. There, uh, they needed that timeout. Uh, they needed it badly. They needed to regroup a little bit and figure out some of those defensive issues that have been coming up constantly throughout the course of that period. And it worked. Not long after the timeout, uh, the ha- uh, not the Habs, Canada gets one back. 
it looked like Cole Perfetti uh, pushed Jakub Malik out of position in his crease. But on further review, like when you took a look at it, he actually got pushed in by one of the defensemen. So there was nothing really for them to challenge. But anyways, uh, he was he, he kind of got back into position, but it was a little bit too late because by the time he got back into position, Owen Power had the puck at the point. Quick shot makes it 3-2 to two for uh, the Czechs. Canada back within one, and now they're rolling. They clearly did not want to go into the dressing room with a deficit, um, and they just kept on pushing. Uh, generating a lot of pressure and once again it pays off uh, with like just under 30 seconds to go in the period um, they get in on a two-on-one it's Cole Perfetti going in with uh, Connor Bedard and Connor Bedard drives the net is a really beautiful job driving the net and taking all of the attention like every single Czech player including the forwards that were coming back to support on defense were like following him to that side of the net and Cole Perfetti instead of going to Connor Bedard he throws it across to Donovan Sabrango who's streaking into the slot completely untouched, rips it past Malik, ties the game at three. Uh, again, under 30 seconds to go, so that's how the period would end. A wild first period, a barn burner of a first, six total goals. Um, and I was thinking at the end of that period, I'm like, wow, this, this game might get crazy at this point, right? But again, Canada obviously took advantage of that um, that timeout that they took to ratchet up their defense a little bit. And then they obviously took advantage of the intermission as well to do the same thing because they came out looking way better defensively, way better defensively in the second period. Um, they allowed seven shots in the first period. I think they allowed three total shots in the second. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I think it was only three shots that actually uh, were on goal for the checks in the second period. So much better defensive period from them. And uh, they, like I said earlier, they allowed their power play to kind of speak for itself. First, almost 10 minutes of that period are played with Canada being the aggressors, getting most of the chances, uh, but not a whole lot uh, in the way of super quality chances. That, however, led to the Czechs having to take some penalties, right? Canada's all over them. And when they start taking penalties, that's when they really fell into trouble. Um, they take one minor penalty, and then while they were trying to kill off that minor penalty... <clears throat> on the same play, they took two penalties. So they had an additional penalty come up, and then after the whistle, uh, I forget who it was, but he came over and gave a shot to, I think it was Cole Perfetti in front of the net, and that gave them a super long five-on-three. Uh, now, a super long five-on-three is, is bad in any situation in hockey. It doesn't even matter who you're playing against, but when you're playing against this Team Canada, uh, it's a very bad situation because they are very very good on the power play and uh, of course they clicked pretty quickly on that five on three uh, Cole Perfetti did an excellent job moving the checkers around a little bit fires it across and finds guess who Owen Power again near the point for a one-timer he scores and makes it four to three for Canada and they still had over a minute of five on three play to go um, now the checks for their part they almost managed to kill off that five on three uh, the remainder of it anyways but Canada is just too much to handle when it comes to their power play. Uh, Owen Power gets the hat trick. He comes down this time from the point. Uh, apparently, he was tired of shooting from the point. He decided to get in close. Bangs in a rebound at the side of the net. Makes it 5-3 to three for Canada. And from that point on, it was, you know, they, the Czechs fought back. And they, they did get some opportunities. Uh, but Dylan Guerin was, uh, was much better in the third uh, than he was in the first. And also, Canada was much better defensively. So... There was really nothing there for them. They would get one more goal just for insurance. And, of course, on the power play this time, it was Olin Zellweger uh, making up for that earlier uh, mistake where he got absolutely undressed uh, 
uh, for the, the third Czech goal. And uh, he fired a beautiful wrister from the point. Seeing eye shot top shelf to make it 6-3. to three, And that was all she wrote. Canada kicks things off on the right foot. And I think, honestly, it's a good thing to see them see a little bit of adversity early in the tournament, right? Canada is a team that usually in, like, the group stage when they play their first couple of games, they're usually playing against teams that that aren't supposed to really challenge them. Um, but a, a team like Czechia, you know, they, they have skill, right? That's a good thing for me that Canada saw a little bit of that adversity now. The last thing you want is for their first dose of adversity to be, like, in the quarterfinals or the semifinals or something. Because then, the, like, they're going to just be rolling. They're going to think they're untouchable, and then they're going to come up against a team like, you know, a more formidable opponent, maybe the Russians, and all of a sudden they start gripping their sticks too tight and they don't know what to do, right? It was great to see them get that out of the way now, to fall down by two goals and come back within that same period and then take over the game. Uh, I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I do want to mention that I really would like to see them give Sebastian Casa a shot in net. I thought Dylan Guerin in the first period, it, it wasn't all his fault. Like I mentioned, they had some defensive lapses. I mean, you can't blame him for them giving up two-on-ones. You certainly can't blame him for his defenseman getting undressed. But I think two out of the three goals were were savable. You look at uh, Jakob Malik uh, at the other end of the ice. He looked like a much better goaltender overall in that game. And, uh, you know, look, I, I don't want to dump on him. It, it's one game. And again, there were defensive lapses that, that played into to what happened there. But when you give up three goals on seven shots in the first period, normally, um, in, in most hockey games, you're, you're getting pulled. Um, his coach gave him uh, some confidence, and I think, again, they obviously made a point of trying to fix some of those defensive issues that were leading to those goals in the first place. But, you know, for, for me, I'd like to see when they come out against Germany on Tuesday, I would like to see Sebastian Casa, And... Um, if, if he ends up being the better goaltender out of the two, then maybe he's the guy that you want to use in the bigger games down the stretch as well. I, I don't know. But, you know, that that one game from Dylan Guerin, I didn't love it. I, I'd, I'd like to see them try the other guy just a little bit. Uh, player of the game for Canada, this one should be easy. Uh, it's got to be Owen Power. Uh, Buffalo Sabres fans must be smiling ear to ear at this point. Uh, watching that game. I mean, he was all over the place. Uh, two power play goals and then another one as well, um, just for good measure. Uh, he w- clearly has a lot of ability on the power play, but just in general, his his offensive instincts are, are top-notch. Um, he hits hard, too. He's he's the he's the real deal. Um, you know, they, they kept mentioning it on the broadcast that he's like the first, first overall pick in, I don't know, 13 years or something that didn't go straight to the NHL. I think it's working for him to, to be in the NCAA instead of going straight to the NHL. Defensemen typically take longer to develop than uh, than forwards anyways. I think the, the old adage is that goaltenders take the longest, then defensemen, and then forwards. Are, you know, forwards are sometimes ready by the time they're 17 years old. Who knows? But I, I think it's working for him. He looks great. Um, Buffalo, if, if you're a Sabres fan, you've you got to be happy looking at what this kid's doing so far in this tournament. And, uh, yeah, he's one to watch for the remainder of it as well. As for Montreal Canadiens prospects, of course, I got to talk about them a little bit. Um, let's start with Caden Gooley. I mean, he didn't find the score sheet, but goddamn, if you didn't notice him out there, then you weren't watching. He is a physical presence. He was absolutely obliterating dudes left, right, and center with clean, hard body checks. 
I mean, anybody who plays against Canada, they're going to have to be aware of where he is on the ice and when he's on the ice, and they're going to have to think twice about trying to go anywhere near his side of the ice. And honestly, there was a few times where he went across the ice to go hit people too. So he's clearly making a point of uh, making his presence felt, and trust me, they're, they're feeling it. Uh, none of the players who got hit by him looked like they were too happy to have been hit by him afterwards. And there's not a whole lot you can do. He's, he's a very big dude. Um, and on top of that, he's he's doing some interesting things offensively as well. Like, he's trying to take some shots, like, specifically looking for tips. There was a few times where Connor Bedard was out front of the net, and he was shooting, uh, like, a little bit wide, trying to give him something that he could put his stick on to, to deflect it. Um, he's smart. He, he knows what he's doing, and he's super physical. And for the other... Habs prospect in action, uh, Jan Mishak. Um, he was pretty good. Honestly, it was a quiet night for him, but it's tough to be super noticeable when you're going out there against the best that Canada has to offer because he was on the wing of the top line for the Czechs. I mean, Canada is a beast, and the fact that he wasn't super noticeable is probably a good thing. I mean, I thought he did well. I was I was specifically looking for him in the defensive zone, really well positioned in the defensive zone. Um, I think he's going to have a really good tournament. I just think he was in a tough spot uh, against Canada there, and I think, you know, once once they figured out their defensive issues, there wasn't a whole lot that the Czechs could do. So it'll it'll be interesting to see him when they're against a team that's more, you know, aligned with them in terms of overall skill. Uh, I really think Mishak will be in for for a good game when that happens. Um. Last but not least, I guess we got to talk about Shane Wright. Honestly, um, underwhelming game from him. Underwhelming game. I um, I really was looking for him out there. I was like hoping to be able to say something super positive because, of course, our Montreal Canadiens might be able to draft this guy. But it was an underwhelming game. Not a bad game. Let's be clear. I don't think that he played bad. Um, he had a few good chances. Um, I, I just I, I would have liked to see more. Honestly, if if I knew for a fact, like right now, that the Habs were going to have that pick, I would have liked to see more from him. But, you know, again, it, it's one game. Uh, I thought he was better in the tune-up game against Russia, and I think he'll be better. And I should mention now, because I'm going to talk about Shane Wright, it seems like Connor Bedard is moving up, and that might help him in this tournament. Uh, because Connor Bedard, uh, at the start of the game, he was like the extra forward, and I think he played like two minutes in the first period. By the second period, he's all of a sudden getting power play time, and he's getting shifts on the top line with Shane Wright. So, I wonder, if they're going to put him up there with Shane Wright and Cole Perfetti, um, is that going to kick Perfetti and Wright into high gear and give them a little bit more to work with? I don't know. Um, but Bedard, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, he got a secondary assist on that third Canadian goal. It should have been a primary assist because he drew all of the coverage towards him. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, and that's really what allowed for the goal to happen. It's what allowed the slot to be wide open. That kid's great. Uh, if we can figure out a way for Montreal to have the first overall pick in this draft and then the next draft too, uh, that would be that would be something. They'd be set up for a decade at that point. But I digress. Uh, we're not talking about the Habs at this point. We're talking about Canada. We're talking about the World Juniors. So. I'm going to cut the episode off there. We are running uh, oh, over 15 minutes. So, vraiment une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Thank you to everybody for listening. We are on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple. We're on Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. And we will be back with another episode after Tuesday's game against Germany. Uh, hopefully, we see a little bit better defense from Canada in the first period. But 
at the end of the day, as long as they bring the offense, we get to have some fun watching them, and hopefully they'll come home with a win. So thank you again for listening, and as always, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.